Amen. Go with me in your Bibles to John 10, 10. And as you're turning there, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into the word of God. We believe that this word is is meant for us to hear this day. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate it to our hearts right now. I believe in Jesus name that everybody in here, even if they've heard a scripture before, is going to get greater revelation than ever before. And that, Father God, by your grace, we won't just be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word. And because we're doers of the word, we shall experience your blessings in our lives. We thank you for this happening, Father. We expect it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Meaning if there's any stealing involved, if there's any killing involved, if there's any destroying involved, it's Satan. It's the devil. And then Jesus goes on to say, I have come that they may have life and have life more abundantly. Glory to God. How many of you want to live that kind of life? How many believe that this is God's will for you to live an excessive, overflowing, profuse, super abundant, more than more than enough life? How many believe that it is God's will for you to live in the land of more than enough Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why does God want us living our lives this way? Why does God want us to live in that land of more than enough? Because he wants to show this world how good a father he is. Are you hearing? You're going to see it in the scriptures today. He wants us to demonstrate his goodness and his his love to all those around us. He wants us so blessed that we we constantly are being a blessing to those around us. Hallelujah. And and, and whether it's to ministries or families or individuals, it doesn't matter. God just wants to use us as a conduit for his blessings. Amen. You should say, God, I sign up. Here I am, Lord. Use me to be a blessing to somebody today. I expect for your blessings to flow through me today. And guess what happens as a result of that? The more you're found faithful to be a blessing to those around you, the more God's going to get it to you. The more God's going to flow it through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've heard me say before where Brother Keith Moore was talking about, and I just it bears repeating right now, that about how you know God had come upon him and, and, and said something. No, I'm sorry, I'll start the story over. A minister had come to him and said, I need this amount of money. I think it was like $30,000 or something like that. I need 30. I'm not asking you to give it to me. I'm just asking you to come and agree with me that it's coming in. And so once he got off the phone with this minister, he immediately went to the Lord and said, Lord, do you want me to give some of that? And the Lord said, no, I'm dealing with somebody else, some other people. I don't want you to give anything towards this. So he didn't. But he said like a month later, all of a sudden God came back to him and said, I want you to give it all to him. Give him, give him all of that money. And he said, oh, okay, God, sure, I'll give it. But I thought you told me you didn't want me to do it. And he said, I, I didn't want you to do it. I had asked these other people to do it, but they didn't obey me. And I knew I could come to you, and tap you on the shoulder, and you would be faithful. And you would listen to me and obey me. I want to be somebody that God can tap on the shoulder anytime. Amen. Because he knows I will be found faithful. 
And I, I, I t- I, I'm still developing. I'm still growing in this. But I tell you, it's so much fun. It is, there's nothing more fun than, than blessing somebody that wasn't expecting that blessing that the Lord is leading you to bless. Amen. God wants us living life and life more abundantly. God wants you living in the land of more than more than enough. He wants us blessed. Hallelujah. And why? So we can be a blessing. Can't be a blessing unless you're first blessed. I mean, if you're living in the land of not enough, guess what? You can't be a blessing, can you? You don't even have enough to survive. And even if you're living in the land of just enough, you can take care of your family. You can pay your bills on time, but that's it. Can you still be a blessing? Oh, glory to God. You step over into the land of more than enough. That's when God can use you. Amen? So do you understand why it's God's will for you to live in that land? Are you there yet? Amen, we are. Glory to God. And I just want to reemphasize something. In order for this to happen, in order for you to live this life and life more abundantly, this excessive, superabundant lifestyle, in order for you to go into the land of more than enough, you got to see it in here first. You got to get it in your heart first. And I tell you what, as you are renewing your mind to the truth of the Word of God, And as you are allowing the Holy Spirit to paint that picture on the inside of you, and as you are faithful to obey God and do what he's instructing you to do, I promise you, God's going to take you right into that land. Amen. How many want to live in that land? Okay. How many don't want to live in that land? There's no hands for that. So I'm assuming everybody wants to live in the land of more than enough. We should all desire to be a blessing. I love to be a blessing. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Go with me this morning to Genesis chapter 12. I want to go to the Word this morning so we can see how God loves to do things. For those who love Him and obey Him who operate in faith. But as you're turning there, I want to remind you of of Psalm 23.5. You can look up here. Psalm 23.5, the reason I'm bringing it up, you'll see in just a moment. The Bible says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So how many know the table's right here on this earth? You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Again, I ask the question, doesn't God know when the cup is full? So what does he keep pouring and pouring until it overflows? Doesn't he know when enough is enough? Of course he does. But his definition is not the same as most people's definition of enough. To him, and get this, it's not enough until you're cup flows over did you hear that until you have more than enough friends that's just the way he is glory to God now did you find Genesis chapter 12 I want you to notice what happens when he got a man to covenant with him I believe Miss Cassie was sharing this scripture somewhat too 
Genesis 12 verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. In other words, Abram obeyed the word of the Lord, didn't he? Now go over to Genesis 13, verse 2. I wanted you to notice what happened as a result of his obedience. Abram, verse 2 of chapter 13, Abram was very rich. In livestock, in silver, and in gold. Do not try to spiritualize this and say that's not what he meant. That's not what God meant. Friends, Abram was very rich. Everybody say very rich. Very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. The Message Bible says it this this way. By now, Abram was very rich, loaded with cattle and silver and gold. How many of you would like to be loaded with silver and gold? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Abram was very rich. He was loaded with cattle and silver and gold. And why? Because he obeyed the Lord. Does that sound like his obedience had him headed into the land of more than enough. Hmm. Does our obedience affect whether we go into the land of more than enough? Now look at verse 5. Lot also who went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Friends, does it matter who you hang out with? Who you hang around? Big time. If you want to go up higher in the things of God, then you want to hang around with people who are going to encourage you and challenge you in your faith walk. <laughs> in other words, I mentioned this last week, you need to find some faith buddies. You got to find some people that you can call at any time when you're being challenged and say, hey, I need you to tell me again what you told me the other day. I need you to tell me what the Bible says about this. I need you to encourage me right now. And that person begins to just speak the word into your life. Woo, glory to God. And pretty soon you start to shout. Woo, I, I remember now. Oh, yeah, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you I'm going to preach it. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I don't even remember who was this. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. A minister was talking about where he always hangs out with people who operate in a greater level of faith than he does. And he was talking about where, you know, where he was at in his faith was pretty good, good level. But he said, these people were way up there. And they were talking about something that was like $500,000. It was going to cost $500,000. And they were talking like it, like it was nothing. So he said he just kind of tuned, oh, yeah, yeah, $500,000. What's that, you know? But in his mind, he's like, well, $500,000, half a million dollars. See, that's what I'm talking about here. You need to get around people who are going to challenge you. You're going to get a, you need to get around people that are going to encourage you in your faith. To take it to the next level. That's what's so good about the, the, the Andrew Womack series. Don't limit God. 
You start to hear about what he's believing for. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, we needed $100 million for this, and then they jumped up to $200 million, and then, well, maybe it was $250 million. I'm like going, dude, stop. A million would have been enough for me to be believing with you. Glory to God. But see, that's what I'm talking about. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. You need to find somebody that's going to encourage you in your faith to take you to the next level. I mean, the, the, the responsibility falls with you. But I'm going to tell you a little secret. You don't want to hang around with people that are going to put a big wet blanket over you. Because it could be family. In fact, a lot of times it is family. You can't do that. You don't have the ability to do that. You don't have the education to do that. They'll sit there and they'll tell you all the reasons why you can't do it. And before long, if you keep hanging around that, you know what's going to end up happening? You're going to go, I can't do that. I don't have an education to do that. I don't have the ability to do that. That's what the devil wants. The devil wants you to get discouraged. We can't allow that to happen, friends. You know, I could get really discouraged if I allowed myself when I come to church. Ooh, that sounds so wrong, doesn't it? But it's the truth. Because the vision I have in here is so much bigger than what's out here. But you know what? I refuse to get discouraged. I know from, I know my God is faithful, who's spoken these things to my heart. I know that the things he's put in here are coming to pass. And I don't know the timing of everything, but I know it's coming to pass. And if you have anything negative you want to add to it, just keep it to yourself. Amen. Glory to God. I want people coming up to me and say, hey, Pastor Dan, this church ain't going to be big enough to hold all the people coming in here. You know that. I know that. Glory to God. I want people getting excited. I want you painting a picture, like I said earlier, on the inside of you, sitting in a church so big. I mean, kicking cool sound system. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool. I mean, I, I, and, 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 and understand how I'm saying this. See, I can see James up there playing. His, you know, what, what, what does he want for Christmas? He wants an electric guitar. He wants to move over to an electric guitar now. You go start going on to electric, it starts getting even, you're able to do a whole lot more than acoustic. And then plus, Brooke's coming over. She plays the acoustic. Glory to God. And, and, and we got another girl that's possibly coming over. She plays the keyboards. And then I see, and I see Riley up there. And, I, and when Riley gets to going and her hand gets to going like this and all, I see her, I see her on a stage way bigger than that. Glory to God and, and shouting hallelujah. And I see people flooding down to the front. Glory, just filled with people worshiping God. And the Spirit of God falling in that place. And people falling on their faces. People weeping in His presence. People standing up and saying, glory to God, I'm healed. I'm healed. Nobody even touched me, but I'm healed. Hallelujah. That's what I'm believing for. So you can just come on, jump on the faith train with me, and be believing with me. And do not be, allow yourself to be moved by what you see. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by what we feel. We live by faith. It's your faith, buddy. Hang around with someone like Abram, like Lot did. And notice what happened with him. He had lots of flocks and herds and tents. And why? Because he was hanging with Abraham. Amen. Now notice verse 6, Genesis 13, 6. 
Now the land was not able to support them. That they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Again, try to picture this in your mind. I mean, doesn't God know how much land they possessed? And yet he blessed them so much that they had so much cattle, they couldn't live together because the land wasn't big enough. Stop and think about it. God can't help himself because that's just the way he is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's the God of too much. He's the God of, uh, of, of, uh, of more than enough. Now, over the next several verses in chapter 14, we're not going to get into this. Lot manages to be taken captive along with his family and all of his stuff. So what does Abram do? The man who is now in covenant with Almighty God. He goes after him. And if you read it, he goes after with, after. These are armies, not an army. An army would have been big, I mean, lots of people. But these were armies that had come and gotten, gotten Lot and his family and his stuff. Abram goes after them with 318 men. That's all I need. You guys, come on, man. That's all. I, I only need you guys. You can stay home, take care of the house. You come with me, 318. They go out after these armies. They catch up to these armies. They whoop these armies. They get Lot back, his family back, all of their possessions back, plus a whole bunch more, a bunch of spoil, spoils. And then the Bible says, I don't know if I have the actual scripture or not. Where is it? No, but at that point in time, the high priest comes out to Abram. His name is Melchizedek. He is a type and shadow of Jesus. This is before the uh, old covenant had even been established. The old, te- you know what I'm talking about? The one that Moses got? Moses still hasn't even on the scene. He won't be on the scene for another 400 years. But, but, but what does Abram do? He goes to the high priest representing Jesus and he presents to him his tithe. He honors the Lord with his tithe. He gives him 10% of all of his spoils. He honors God. And we're going to see right here, that's one of the big reasons I believe he was so blessed. As we'll see in Malachi 3 in just a moment. Amen. Glory to God. So then over chapters 15 and 17, God once again reiterates the covenant he has with Abraham. He promises him a son, changes his name to Abraham, the father of many nations. Of course, him and Sarah do have a child. His name is Isaac. And then over in chapter 24, verse 1, this is what it says. Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. He had blessed Abraham in all things. The bottom line for how God treated Abraham because of his faithfulness and his obedience is he was blessed in all things. And we already saw what that meant to the overflow. Glory to God. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 26. I want you to notice how God blessed Abraham's son Isaac. 
Verse 1 says in chapter 26 of Genesis, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go to Egypt. Live in the land which I, of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Notice verse 6. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. In other words, Isaac obeyed the Lord. Right after the Lord reiterated the covenant he made with his dad. So he's in obedience to the Lord, right? Skip down to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year. Now, this, there's a famine in this land. But because he's obedient to God, he stayed where he was at. He sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I don't know about you. I see a scripture like that. I don't put the man. I put my name. Daniel Greenwald began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Ha! You put your name there. Riley began to prosper. Come on. And continued prospering until she became very prosperous. Yeah, you can make personalize the scriptures. But what was the key to this happening? Obedience. He did what the Lord told him to do. Amen. And then, verse 14, For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. In other words, God's super blessed. So the Philistines envied him. Who do the Philistines represent? They represent those in the world without Christ. They represent sinners. Friends, are we trying, let me say this again. Are we to be envying those in the world? Or is the world supposed to be envying us? That's a powerful word. Philistines envied Isaac because he was so blessed. Could it ever happen that the church gets a hold of this? The church that is in covenant with Almighty God, a better covenant based upon better promises than the old. Is it possible for us to get so blessed, so prosperous, the world looks at us and envies us? Hey! You there? And I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know your mind's thinking, man, you, I just don't know, Pastor Dad. I don't know. I mean, there's some rich people in this world. There's some people out there that are just 
sinners and they're really, really rich. <gasps> but you're envying them. Hello? Don't envy them. Trust God. Trust God to get this revelation on the inside of you. Trust God to start to elevate your... Do you understand that if God gave you a dream in the middle of the night, says, I want you to go and develop this product, gives you an idea, a witty invention, that with that little tiny witty invention, you could go and become a multimillionaire probably in a month's time, if not even quicker than that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is it possible for God to do something like that? So why can't he do it for you? Because you don't have that picture on the inside of God doing that for you and through you. You hear what I'm saying? I want everybody in here to get a witty invention. I want everybody in here to come. I want, I want to, I'm going to just say this. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to say it. I want to have a church full of millionaires. Ah! I want to have a church. I, I, I want to have, when I, when I stand up here and I say, you know, we need $100,000 for this, for the, I mean, no, no, we have a, a ministry support. What's that one? Um, New Life Children's Home. They're fixing to have their little Christmas thing and they don't have enough money. And they need a $5,000. And immediately, I mean, this person stands up over here. Hey, hey, pay Pastor Dan, I'll pay for that. I'll give you $5,000. No, no, you don't. I'm going to give $5,000. No, 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 no. Uh, 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 uh. I'm the one giving the $5,000. We start to fight over who's going to give them the $5,000. Now, I see some of you are smiling. Some of you are like looking at me like, what you talking about? Listen. Could this happen? Is it possible? You got it. If you're, listen, if you're not there yet, do not feel condemned. If you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I could ever get to that place. That's okay. You just need to have your mind renewed. What does the Bible say? What is, how is our God? How does he do things? Is it really true that my God wants my cup to run over? Is it really true that Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly, excessively, super abundantly, profusely? Is that really true? Am I really reading here that God made this man, Isaac, prosperous? He became very prosperous. Amen. Can it be possible that those in this world without Jesus Christ can look at my life and envy what I have? Ooh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Do you understand, for me to stand up and preach this to you, is only the beginning. It's like all of a sudden, I went into a closet in your heart, and I pulled out a big giant canvas. And the canvas has nothing on it. Now it's up to you to start allowing God to paint that canvas. Change the way you see yourself. It doesn't matter. If you can come in here and nod your head and, and go, oh, yes, I love that, Pastor Dan. Yay. But you don't ever do anything to change it. Kind of changes the, the, the shouting going on in here. It's shouting at all. Because you all have that canvas on the inside of you. And God wants to do some painting. Do you understand the Bible says that you are his masterpiece? Glory to God. 
And listen, God, you might have looked at a painting before and said, whoa, I, I am not into those those paintings that a lot of people say are really cool and I don't even know their names of all these wonderful people like that. I don't even know what it's called. But see, I'm like, I, I, like, I, I like Thomas Kincaid paintings and things like that. I like looking at that. I know everybody's different, so be it. But the bottom line is this. God, his ability to paint the picture of what he wants you to be. I, I mean, can I just be real? It'll blow you away. Because it's so much more beautiful and, and so much more talented and so much more bigger than you could even imagine right now. He is the God who is more than enough. He is the God who is too much. Amen. He's the exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, what ends up happening if we get to, see, the reason we would want to get to that place is not so that we would say, just look at me. Look at me, what I, I've accomplished. Because if we're living that way, then you're not living the right way. That's called pride. But if you say, look at me, I want to tell you how I got this way. Let me tell you about my daddy. Let me tell you how my daddy has blessed my life. The door is open. And start sharing the gospel with them. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Well, you don't even have to turn it. Just listen up. I don't know if I put this up there or not. If you don't, this is, I want to just, this is, the, this is one of the verses that talks about being a tither. For those who aren't tithers in here, I'm not trying to condemn you. All I would strongly encourage you to do is go and study the scriptures out for yourself. Because I firmly believe that one of the reasons Pastor Joan and me have been so blessed over the years is because we've been tithers over the years. And we've tithed no matter how hard it was. And there have been times where it was very hard. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the bottom line is we have been faithful to tithe. And this is what the Bible says. I'm just going to read this from the Hebrew translation. It says, present as an act of worship the full tithe. The whole tenth of your income, if it comes in, you're supposed to tithe off of it. Bringing it into the storehouse so that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now by it. Go ahead and put me to the test. Try me. Check me out. Experiment with me. Give me an opportunity to prove myself. This is God speaking. I challenge you to challenge me. And you will see that I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will release the floodgates of heaven. Pour out upon you financial and material blessings until you overflow with abundance. That sure sounds like the land of more than more than enough to me. And notice it comes as a result of what? Being faithful to do what God's telling us to do. In this case, tithe. Hello? Now, are you there yet? Are you, are you there yet? Probably not. I know we're not there yet. But guess what? I'm not going to water the word down to, to meet where we're at and, and make excuses to where, why I'm not there. I'm going to trust God to elevate our lives to get to that place where exactly what is said here comes to pass. Amen. Praise his holy name. God wants us to live to overflow with abundance. Everybody say overflow with abundance. Doesn't that sound good? Hallelujah. 
Now go with me to Leviticus chapter 26. If you walk in my statutes, verse 3, and keep my commandments and perform them, be a doer of the word, then I will give you rain in its season, the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last to the time of sowing. What's that mean? It means it never runs out. I said it never runs out. You'll always have more than enough. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. Now skip down to verse 9. For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. In other words, you'll have to give away all the old stuff because of all the new stuff you're getting. In other words, you won't have any room for all the new stuff that's coming in unless you first give away some of the older stuff. Notice I'm not saying junk. I'm saying older. That means you could have clothes in your closet that you just purchased six months ago, but here comes a boatload of, of new clothes in. <laughs> so, oh, no, no, look, 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 look. So you got all this older stuff you just purchased six months ago, so what do you do? You say, God, who can I bless with these clothes? Who can I bless with these clothes? Who can I sew this into? And God, in the meantime, I got another new car coming in. And so I, got, I don't have enough room for this, this 2019 model. So it only has 25,000 miles on it, but I got this new car coming in. Who can I bless with that? Is that possible? <laughs> oh, that would be a whole bunch of fun. Glory to God, glory to God. I don't want you to have the mentality that might happen for the pastor. It might happen to that person over there, but I know that will never happen to me. No, are you a child of God? This is for you. This is the way our God is. This is the way God wants us to live. Living in the land of more than enough to have so much new stuff coming in. We got to get rid of the older stuff. Glory to Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Look at Jeremiah 33. Almost done. Y'all with me still? I'm going to read this from the NIV. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. Now, he's talking about the, the nation of Israel here. But I want you to remember, once again, that we have a better covenant based upon better promises than that of the old. In other words, if God says he'll do this for them, how much more will he do it for us? Okay? I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. How many believe that's exactly what God wants for all of us as his children? Enjoying abundant peace and security. Verse 7, I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity. And we will we'll rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all the sin they have committed against me. And will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. Thank God for Jesus, amen. For his precious blood. Cleanses us, my friends, from all sins. Verse 9, then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, and honor before all the nations on earth. That hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe. 
and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. The Amplified says, and they shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the peace, prosperity, security, and stability I provide for it. Can you see the heart of God in these verses? He's into blessing those who are His. And glory to God, that includes every single one of us as His children. My friends, listen. Just like God wanted to do this for the children of Israel, God wants us to experience those things too. Why? Because it's supposed to be a witness to this world of how good and loving our God is. So much so that it causes them to be in awe and tremble at his goodness and love for us. Do you see that? The bottom line is that God wants those out there in the world to see how good and loving he is to us. And the way he does this is by showering us with his goodness and love, with his prosperity and peace, with his security and stability. Hallelujah. One more place. One more place. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I'll close with this. This is the New Testament definition for prosperity. Friends, I want you, well, as I read this, I know you know these scriptures. When I read this, I want you to remind yourself, this is God's will for me. This is the New Testament definition for prosperity. Now listen. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Listen to it from the Amplified. This is in your confessions if you got them. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to my family, my church family, and me in abundance. So that we, always, so that we may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Ha ha ha! Glory to God. Listen to this from the way translation. God is able to lavish every gracious gift upon you so that you, always possessing abundance of everything, may lavishly contribute to every good cause. Ha ha! The uh, 20th century translation. God has power to shower all kinds of blessings upon you so that having under all circumstances and on all occasions all that you can need, you may be able to shower all kinds of blessings on others. I want, I want that, man. I want that. Glory to God. It's mine in Jesus' name. Now, I want to read this from the Passion Translation, but I'm going to read verse 10 with it as well. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. Everybody say more than enough of everything. Every moment in, and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Verse 10 says, it this, uh, says this. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need. Now notice, plus more. He supplies every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed 
as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Ha, ha, ha. Can you see what the will of the Lord is for you and me? He desires for us to live in the land of more than enough. He desires for us to have too much. He wants you to have too much clothes. Yeah. He wants you to have too much cars. He wants you to have too much houses. He wants you to have too much money. Oh, come on. I'm, I feel like I'm losing people. Don't, 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 don't. Don't grab onto this. Grab onto it with your heart of faith. Our God wants us to have enough to take care of our families and enough to, to, to be able to be a blessing to the church, to those around us. I mean, come on. I want to get to the place when somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor Dan, I just got this unexpected bill. And I don't know how I'm going to pay it. And I said, can I say something to the church about it? And they say, okay, we're a family. And I say something to the church, and all of a sudden you get to start fighting over who's going to be the one that pays that. Do you know if my kids came to me and said, Dad, we got this unexpected bill, and I don't know what we're going to do about it. What do you think I'm going to do if I have the means to take care of it? That's not a trick question. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to immediately take care of it. Am I not? Why? Because I love my children. How much more is that true of our God? Our Heavenly Daddy. He wants you living in the land of more than enough. He wants you experiencing life and life more abundantly, excessively, super abundantly. This is his will for you and for me. This is not something I've just thrown together haphazardly. I read to you the Bible. The Bible. When people obey him, when people are faithful to do what he's asking them to do, it sets you up to be more blessed than ever before. Why does he want to bless you even more than before? Because so, he knows he's going to be able to keep tapping you on the shoulder. Hey, I got somebody else I want you to give to. I got another ministry I want you to bless. I got this person over here that's, that's struggling with this. I want you to go give this person a car. I want, a, you to, I want you to give this person your house. Now, I have to be 100% honest with you. I don't know if I'm there. That you're, I'm there yet. But I, I know of a minister who has given away like two or three houses. And God has constantly blessed him with much more. Don't look at me like that, your girlfriend. I'm not there yet, I said. <laughs> I'm saying, God's still painting. God's still. <laughs> who did you have in mind? Who, who, who are we supposed to bless with it? <laughs> He's the God of too much. You know, the, one of his names is El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. One of the meanings of El Shaddai is the many-breasted one. I know that sounds kind of weird and strange, but the point being is we can always, no matter who you are, no matter how many of us go to him, can always get our sustenance from him. He'll always take care of us, and he'll always give us more than enough. It's just his nature. He's in the boat-sinking, boat net-breaking business. Hallelujah. 
I mean, think about the little boy. That they took the little boy's meal. What was in there? Five loaves and two fish. From that ended up, they ended up with 12 baskets full. And these weren't these little tiny little baskets that we see. We're talking about them big giant baskets. And everybody ate till they're full. And they still had all that left over from that little boy's food. Why? That's just the way he is. I said, that's just the way he is. Do you know that, can I just say, uh, never mind. Do you know why the streets are gold in heaven? And the, the gates have big old, they're made of pearls and, and precious jewels and stuff like that. There's, you don't have to, everything you got in heaven is yours. You don't have to pay for anything up there. Again, that's just the way he is. Down here, what gold is what we use to purchase things. It's supposed to be what we base our dollar system off of. But the bottom line, again, is, is I want us to get this revelation in us. I don't care where you're, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care where you're at in your walk with God. If you will allow him to change what you see in here, and you got this, get this revelation that that's who he wants you to be. That's what you, he wants you to experience. God, I see it in your word. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. I want to get there, God. I want to be that blessing. I want to be that one found faithful that when you tap him on the shoulder, he immediately obeys. Amen. It's the most fun thing in the world to bless people. I'm serious. But you're going to have to. Learn to allow God to change the way you see yourself. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, next week, I believe, we're going to begin to talk about why more in the body of Christ are not experiencing this in their lives. Okay? I believe it will be a blessing to you. And I trust you're going to keep coming back and you're going to invite more people to come.